Father, we thank you for this evening, just um, these guys who come and for us to just gather together in your name. Uh, just guide our conversations. May your spirit, uh, again, that always is reminded, that lives in us, the spirit that forms us to become like you, the spirit that guarantees our inheritance for eternity. Hmm. The spirit that empowers us to live, not by the law, not by our own works, but by your grace. Hmm. May that spirit fall upon here, be noticeable in our time tonight, Lord. Guide us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. By the way, good job on Sunday. And I stood up and cheered when you threw the bad guys over your floor. You know, I just want to thank all of you guys, actually, because Dale and I were just talking. Um, that sermon was really a collaboration because of what we've done in here. And, you know, we started, I started out the very first night of John asking that question, you know, why, why are you here? <laughs> you know, which sort of led off into these conversations, including Dale talking about, um, you know, what we do versus what we are. Yeah. And, yeah, and all those sort of started to form. And then as I, um, Jeff let me choose what parable I wanted to do. And, um, I always have a couple favorite ones. Jeff had already done the good soil parable, which is maybe my favorite. I mean, call favorite, the one that's impacted me the most. Probably the second to that is a good Samaritan. And so I thought, well, I want to do the Good Samaritan again, but I knew I didn't want to do it the same. And you so, did yeah. And so as I, as I went through it, really my impetus was it was something I had seen a little bit before, but never really dealt into, which was a whole idea of who we are, and that brought up the conversations we've had, brought up with the conversation about who am I. And the conversations Dale, you know, have with that. And then just, I just watched more than any other sermon I think I've ever done in my life. I felt like it was sort of like this collaboration of I was getting up there and just sort of like telling the story of the collaboration that's actually happened among us. Um, even Monica that I quoted um, at the end. Um, my friend Kim, who again was the first person I've ever brought to Christ. And she just called me out of the blue like, a week and a, I think week and a half, two weeks ago. And I told her I was doing this on the Good Samaritan. And then she told me the story that I told at the end. Um, and so it was just, it was just neat to sort of have all that, all that together. Um, so, so tonight, um, I could use the excuse that I haven't really had time to prepare a whole lot. <laughs> okay. Um, but actually, it was, it's, a, it's both, a, honestly, a little bit of that, um, because I did have something I wanted to do with John 3.16, but then there's a couple of things that sort of hit me with that, that, well, maybe we'll go in a little bit different direction tonight, um, and then next week hit some of those things about really walking through the details of John 3.16 to 3.21. Um, and so what i like to do tonight, in fact, we can go ahead and read that right now, uh, we might have, <laughs> God willing, literally, um, we might have someone come tonight um, to share on um, their experience in coming to Christ. 
and uh, um, we're going to just sort of see whether that happens or not. And if they show up, then we're just going to stop whatever we're doing, and I'll go from there. Um, so let's just take a look at John. Um, obviously, probably the most famous passage, maybe, of all of Scripture, as you call famous about how many people know about it. Um, so does anybody want to... Um, read that. So, um, in fact, what I'd like you to do is start instead um, at, and you'll probably pick up why I say this, but start in, start at 314 on page 16 and go down to verse 21. And again, I want to just like, what things, just as you're hearing this again, you know, that can, you know, and this is in context, because the interesting thing about John 3.16, giving away a little bit, is that's all anybody quotes is John 3.16, and there's just a whole lot around it that people don't quote, <laughs> which is which is um, interesting that we don't quote the whole thing. Um, we're going to see that more as we go along with other passages in John. All right, so who wants to read that? Any volunteers? I'll read it. Okay, good shot. 14 through... 14 through 21. Okay. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world. <laughs> They're going down a hundred miles per hour on their e-bikes down the street there. Yeah, go awesome. ahead. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him is believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. And people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. All right, great. So hearing that... What's, what's just struck you guys? Anything that just strikes you in listening to that again? Basic sin nature of people and how we needed to be enlightened. Okay. I, I like the word you just used, enlightened. <laughs> you see in there about the light? Yes. Yeah. Verse 16, for God's love the world, he gives only some... That the second part, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life, is kind of a, a repeat of the, the chiastic structure that you showed us in uh, chapter 1. Okay, uh-huh. Verse 12. Yeah, okay. You called that the, chi- the chiasm. The chi- yeah, chiasm. Yeah, it's sort of like the middle of the chiasm. Right, right, very good. So what is it about that? What is it? What, uh, what whoever believes in him, like, uh, <coughs> where it says... Uh, whoever believes in him will be... But to all who have received him... Yeah. Uh, but if to all who have received him, I'm forgetting. But, uh, well, to all who believe in him, 
are in verse twelve, one twelve is are now what? Uh, they have a right children of God. Of God. Yeah. yeah, children of God. Yeah, very good. Yeah. And in fact, you see here you're talking about the son, right? So the son is a child of the father, and when we become children of the son and the father, I mean, it's just interesting. The familiar, familiar, I guess is the way to say that, from a family relationship perspective. Yeah. Become part of the family. Right, right, exactly. He's part of the family, but the father, he's the son of the father, and we're the children of of that. Yeah. But the way it's written, it, it shows the living and active aspect. It's like the mm. word is alive. Yeah. It's like its own flesh. It's the life of Christ that's hmm. kind of through the verses. Uh-huh. Because it's showing up in chapter 1, and then we saw that in Isaiah. It, it repeats itself. Yeah, the same. Exactly. Yeah. Very good, Steve. Yeah, very good. Notice the light shows up five times in between verses 19 and 21. Oh, okay. Good point. Hmm. Anything that, when you just see it like that, that... I think it's just repetition, driving at home, the point. The light, yeah, yeah. Well, if you compare, if you take sun and him and light. Sun, him. Him and light. Uh Uh-huh. Then you think it's repeated. Huh. Something like that. Almost interchangeable. Yeah. 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 Mm. Anything else you guys have seen just reading that? Um, I just need to go back to the topic. I had a question about... So, here it says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him is condemned already. It's an interesting thought. Um, when you bring the analogy, I mean, you had that talk about, well, maybe the guy that was on the road could have also been a robber, too. So, mm-hmm. um, What about the person, and I'm sure you guys all know these people, that don't have a belief in God, but they don't do evil things. And here it's saying, you don't believe you're condemned. So what happens to those people? No, well, okay, so so that that's a really good question. Okay, actually, sir, that that's a very good question. I want you to to answer that question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to answer you. Answer no. Well, you know, but it, you, by by you, I mean us. Like, yeah. Take what he just said and look at what the scripture. What does it say here? Because what. What did Ken just say? What about the people who do good? What about the people who do good and don't do what? Evil, evil, the wicked thing. What does this say? They're condemned already. Right, they're condemned already. When, and so, but yeah, so <laughs> does it say anything about people doing something good here? No. So, yeah. <laughs> so you're assuming that... I'm not going to assume, but let's just say, we just go by what, just let's try to go by what it says here. It's pretty clear that if you, well, I'm going to say it's pretty clear. It's, 
If you believe and have faith. Right. You will be saved. Okay, yes. If you don't believe... Then what side does that put you? What does that say in here? Then you're condemned the, already. You're condemned already because you what? And, and because you're doing... You're not only just not because. Because you're doing you're, evil things. And evil things, wicked things, right. Wicked things. So but, take but, that further yeah. into let's what we had to talk about the other day and Paul in, in was it Corinthians 10, 13, where he's talking... I'm not just saying the Jews or Samaritans. He's talking. He's bringing them all to Christ. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm bringing this way out of balance here. But if he's bringing them to Christ. Are all those people bad? Are those people that believe in only the only the the Jew the Jewish books and the Gentile whatever their belief is. Their uh-huh. belief is are they all condemned? What does this say? Yes. Okay. That's that's all I want you to answer is what does it say here? Now, but but more importantly, the, the, do you know why? Do you understand why? Well, it sounds to me like you don't have a choice. Like you either have to believe or you're condemned. So you do have a choice. That is the choice. But why? Why is why is that? <clears throat> How do we understand that line, right? You're either condemned or you've got eternal life. What, where did that happen? And, and how, can, how can you say that? Okay, Jesus has said that. Where is that backed up? Right? What's he basing that on? He's just pulling out of thin air and it's the first time they ever heard it? I'm not sure where you're going with that. What do you mean by that, Jason? What's the foundation of that condemnation? Okay, and so why are people that are good people, they just don't know Christ, why are they condemned? Right? That kind of seems weird, right? Maybe but Genesis? They're living in yeah. Genesis? Yeah, right. Correct. Right. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, yeah. You, you, surely you will die. Right? Yeah. So, what is, what is he speaking of? Where does life come from? Does it come from the flesh? No, from the Spirit. Yeah. So, the only way you receive the Spirit is through Christ. That is where life comes from. So when God was speaking to them in the garden, He wasn't speaking of their flesh. He was speaking of their life in the Spirit, which is true life. Right, right, which is what the point that He's going to be making. Exactly. So, again... Going, but you said just taking good, just with this, just taking this. Um, we do, we say that that's probably the one of the number one arguments, right? Is well, they're good people. I mean, how many people do we know who are not Christians who are really good people? In fact, how many do we know that are not Christians that are we seem think they're better people than even a lot of Christians we know? Okay, right. But what's interesting about that argument. Is do you see that argument in Scripture at all? Does, does it ever in Scripture talk about that being good does something that it somehow saves you? The opposite. You're never saved by your works. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're never saved by your works, and yet that is the constant argument. Well, they're good people, so good people 
But the issue here is not about your goodness, about what good things you do or you don't do. So what is the issue, you see? There's almost a dichotomy between good and bad, right and wrong. And isn't there an exception? You guys probably know this, but I thought it was when I was a little kid. There was a section in the Bible where it says something, even if you don't know anything about about God, that the light is light and the dark is dark. Is there something about that? Well, I mean, in Romans, it talks about how just by the very fact that we are humans that are alive, that God makes himself evident to every single person. Right. And so we are so we are without excuse. We want to make excuses, but in essence it says we're without excuse. <laughs> um, that we all we all have an innate sense somehow that we that God is there. Um, that we're designed for that. It makes sense, right? We were created in God's image. Um, but you see, but I always yeah. kind of am contrasting it this good bad. He always seems to talk about right and wrong, living righteously, wrong, or living. Well, he doesn't use does or unrighteously. Yeah. Okay. Right. I yeah. Would yeah. Say wrong. Yeah. 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 Does the does the fact that Jesus says, "Who you call good? Why you call me good?" Part of that. I'm curious. Uh, do you remember that passage? I know that's why I you know. call me he's a good teacher or something. Why you call me good? Yeah, I don't know where I forget where that is. My father's only good or something. Yeah, it's a, that sounds like it's a John. <laughs> I don't know where that is offhand. Yeah, spitballing. Jesus, he says later, though you are evil, you give good gifts to your kids. Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. So you can do good things, yeah, but those good die. things don't really. Yeah, I think about that. He loves me. But there's this innate evil thing. I, I'm saved, but there's still this evil in my flesh. Mm-hmm. Like the spirit is here, but I have to live in the spirit. Mm-hmm. So I'm living in that choice. Mm-hmm. I have to choose God. Mm-hmm. And, and awesome. Yeah, it's a true. And when he, he gets in later in here, he talk, talks about, you know, why? Right? Because you love the darkness more than you love the light. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and why have we been trained to believe that is because we were born into lies. And, 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 and all these things that we have in our psyche that are nostalgic and that we grew up being into, you know, they're, they're in there <laughs> for yeah. generations and yeah. eons and whatever. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, we have to, it's so funny, like you were just saying, creation, is God is self-evident. You want to see the light? Look at the light. Look around, it's everywhere. Look at one another, right? Look at the mirror. The light is right there to be loved. And yet, yeah, it's just, it's there. Absolutely. It's a trip. Yeah, Eric. What your sermon did for me was showed me that I still have some work to do. <laughs> well, you're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> one day you'll get there, buddy. Okay, I see the glow. <laughs> the light hasn't fully come on yet. <laughs> well, right now you got a little, ha- ha- you got a little well, halo, halo of light over your not head sure right if now. It's a train coming, or whether it's enlightenment, <laughs> or both, or both. <laughs> Is there a way to reframe that good and bad? 
You, you want to right? let off the hook? <laughs> well, read, look at the definition of good in well, Hebrew. Okay. Because because it it speaks to um, good is something that is um, prepared by a priest that is purified, mm-hmm. right? And um, so. Yeah. Well, well, what what are we? So, when you speak of good, when is good when is good used in a positive way within Scripture? When you're living in Christ, and you are doing what? Good work. Good. There you go. And sanctifying. Um, your, you're doing good, but I forget what part of the Bible was Romans, but where Paul says that basically. All the good deeds you think are really good are filthy rags. So when they're not in the spirit. Right. What else is what Jesus saying by by this condemnation, right? Because so we go back to Genesis. Yeah. So boom, it's already done. The wrath of God, it's a set deal. The only way out is through this. But he's also speaking to the actualization of of this, of choice, right? Because the only way to be free of slavery to sin is through Christ. Right here, right now. Yeah. Right. right? So, and those good works can only be done when we're doing that in Christ. Right. Which is, I think, that's the point. Is a good right. comes after we already have that relationship with them. Then the good matters to God. Does that help, Tom? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just trying to re- then, frame it in my mind. Right. Then, then the good. Then you hear about how you're supposed to do good works, um, but those good works are never. They're never. Wor- it's like James, book of James, right? Remember James? You know, you had faith and works, right? Right. That you have to have both. The works aren't coming to save us. The works are a result of our response to God's saving work in us. Absolutely. Yeah. I think if you're in Christ, those good works are almost like gift to us. It's right. like oh, totally. you actually want to do it and by doing it it's like it's like loving each other. Yeah. You know? Right. And by itself is that it's right? not just like it's it, still is. Doing it. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. And suddenly but you're we, doing things that yeah. people are going, Wow, that's really cool and you're like don't look at me. I don't that's just right. And when we do those works they're they're viewed as good by God. Right. Yeah. So think about this, when we do those works that are viewed good by God Pouring the water out of here. Right, but right, but um, even in that, we can do works that we think are good that are not necessarily good as a Christian, because we should be doing those works how through Christ, through Christ, through the Spirit. Through the Spirit. So our good works are to be coming out of that relationship, out of that out of the spirit working in us, not as saying, oh my gosh, I just can't be good anymore. Well, no, because you're not relying on God it's not, to do that. It's not what you're doing, it's what Christ is doing through right. you. Right, right. Okay. So and you're doing it, but you're, but it's, it's his power through it's you. It's right. right. And you, you know, you stop thinking about it. You start focusing on, like, i got to do good things, right? <laughs> because we can't. Right. Well, not to be a, a radical on this whole thing again, but going no, back, this is good. Going back <laughs> sure. to what yeah. you spoke yeah. about. You know, let's let's bring, let's go back there. So, if the rabbi, I believe it was the rabbi, didn't he didn't stop on the road, he would have probably been the best person because 
he was with Christ. Well, I'm not sure. I don't remember. By the, you mean the Good Samaritan? Good you Samaritan. need a priest? But the Good or? Samaritan is doing, he's, Jesus is showing an example of, this is, you know, he, the, the expert, or who was he told him? Ex, the expert of the laws who he's yeah. telling the parable yeah. to. So, right. But I guess my question is, is that what, we're having this conversation right now. So how do we know the Good Samaritan have the Spirit in him? See what I'm saying? Well, yeah, so... But then Jesus couple, said that was, live your life that way. Yeah, a couple of things. One is it's a parable. Okay. okay. So, Jesus is setting up a story to try to get across a point. Okay? okay. And the Samaritan is used because the Samaritan, they had just walked through that town. Okay? And the Samaritan is the arch enemy of the Jews. So, he's using the Samaritan as a foil, almost, to say... Let's take, you know, it's like if we took someone today, you know, who would be the person we least likely would expect to be acting as God wants them to act? <laughs> okay. Right. And so for them, the Samaritan was the fall. For us, it can be someone else. Um, but his point in that, I mean, some people will say, understandably, the Samaritan points to, to who Jesus is. The Samaritan acts as Jesus ultimately acted for us on the cross. Right. Okay, so in an ultimate big sense, the neighbor, Jesus first was the neighbor to us, so we can be neighbors to others. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Can I say something real quick, Greg? Uh, of course. Th this question you asked, Ken, reminds me of the parable of um, the prodigal son. And you should be talking about that because Chad's going to be doing the parable of the prodigal son in a couple weeks. Yes. <laughs> uh, so anything we can do to talk about the prodigal son. Yeah, like yeah. your question of like good people who don't know Jesus, and it it, it just seems like in that parable, not even seems like it, in that parable, there's like he takes away this. Oh, are you good? Are you bad? It's like, do you know me do you, or do you not? So like, hmm. there's the son who would be looked at like by the world as the bad son, and he makes some mistakes. He goes away and like basically throws his inheritance away, and ends up like homeless, living with the pigs. Yeah. And so he's like, welcome back as soon as the father sees him. And it's all an issue of like the heart. The father just sees him and knows he's coming back to him and just throws a party and welcomes him back. But what people forget to talk about is like the son who stays home. So he has this older son yeah. who stays home and he's like working for the father and he's doing all the things that he's supposed to do, the good things. Um, but he doesn't want the father. And like in the parable, he gets upset that this the son who's like the prodigal son comes back and is welcome in. He says, hey, I've been with you this whole time, and you never even gave me a calf so my friends and I could celebrate. And it's like he that he says, like, so my friends and I could celebrate. It's not like so I could be with you and celebrate my right. life. Like, right, it, yeah. It's like this guy is wanting the benefits that would come with, hmm. with God or, hmm. or come with Jesus, not wanting actually Jesus himself. And hmm. like the father's response in both of the cases is like, they know just like be close to me. Like he welcomes the son into the party. And the son's like, oh no, I don't like I, I don't want to be in the party because my brother there who, who's messed up is there. So like, it really like reframes it into like, don't worry about like good or bad or what's this person do or like how does this person measure up, but just worry about yourself and just worry about like being close to me. Hmm. Right. Yeah, what Chad's really talking about is what I struggle with, and that's when I judge based on what I see, <laughs> and that's that's my biggest problem because. Um, I find myself judging a lot, and, and it wasn't until after your sermon that I started thinking about it. I thought, 
you know, I see somebody, I make judgments, constantly making judgments, and I'm thinking, that's why I got some work to do here. Because <laughs> those judgments in these separate me from other people and yeah. don't allow the good to come flowing through. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm not only separating them from me, but I'm separating me mm -hmm. from them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And that was a whole, I mean, you know, that was why I used the hula hoop thing was because when you do that judgment, what you're really doing is you're creating a circle that you don't let anybody else in. Yeah. And you say they're out, yeah. not in, and so I can just avoid them. Yeah. I have met the enemy and it is I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, is that why the devil makes me do all these things? Yes, yes. It's all the devil's fault. Yeah. <laughs> but in this story, there's no mention of the Samaritan. That's right. Is good beyond this one act. No, it doesn't. It doesn't indicate that he's saved or that he's good. Right. So, it's just... This one story about this one person. This one to make one point to the expert. You know, we could all pick a thing in our life that we would say, value me on this thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Not everything else. <laughs> Don't look arrested. Don't grade yeah. anything else. Yeah. yeah. So when Chad was just talking about the prodigal son, so what is the issue... The child was saying, "What? What? What was the problem with the older son? What's he the issue with him?" Brother. He he did. He thought his good works and could basically keep right. Him tight with what the is the core issue about what is what is the older son? What is his? What is ultimately his problem? He earned his status. He thinks he deserves it. He thinks he deserves it. Okay, so what is he... Okay, those are all the things, what the negative. What is... What it does... What should he have that he does not have that's causing that? Well, he doesn't actually love the Father. Like, he doesn't okay. actually pursue Did you hear that? That's like, he just wants the benefits. Yeah. He wants the cows. Yeah. He's doing right. all the good works. Without the... Without the love, without, without the, the relationship, exactly. Without the love, right? T Tim right. Keller, like I listened to one of his sermons on it, like in preparing for what I wanted to say, and he, mm -hmm. he said a quote of like, as followers of Jesus, like I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact words. He's like, our job is not only to re repent of the the wrong and evil things we do, but to repent of the good things we do with the wrong mode, or mm. repent for having <laughs> bad motivation for doing good things. Yeah, yeah that's good. excellent. Yeah. You mean when I ask what's in it for me, that's not the right thing to do? <laughs> that's a good, that's a good sign. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So going back to what I just asked with the prodigal son. So the issue with the prodigal, with the, the older son, which actually becomes much more of a central part of that story than sometimes we think. We're saying that, that his problem, the issue is that he did not have a relationship with the father. Which actually, when you look through that whole parable, you see that all these places, the prodigal, the older son should have done something, and he doesn't. And then at the end, what he does is show that he doesn't even care about his father. Never did. He, he looks at his father as somebody who can give him something. Okay. So, 
in that ish in that what is it here in our passage? What is it that ultimately Jesus is saying is the marker? What is it he is looking for? In this passage, in 16 to 21, what is Jesus saying? It all comes down to this. Turn to your heart. by grace. Well, what does it say in the passage? Oh, okay. It doesn't say the grace yet. What does it say in this passage? What is the word that's used over and over again here? For as to love the world? Well, believe. 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 Yeah. believe. Okay. That you want, you want, and you want relationship. That is like such a personal, person thing. It sounds like someone you love that wants that. Yeah. So belief again is what word? Sepsis. Sepsis. So again, the word believe is pes. <laughs> Pistis. Pistis. Okay, but I want you to notice how it's used here. It doesn't just say belief. Okay, like we all can just believe in different things. There's a specific character to this belief. Right, but how is it saying that? How is it showing believes. that, though? It's what? Believes. Believes. In him. What's the, what, there's, the, the words used... Always with in. something else here. What? In. In. Okay. In him. In. Right. So this, notice how it's repeated. 15, that whoever believes in him. 16, whoever believes in him. 18, whoever believes in him. And then at the end of that sentence, Whoever's believes in the name, which we have said means the same thing, okay? The translation people think is a better translation of sense is believes into Christ. So it is talking about that term is, we're going to keep saying this over and over again, it is a relational term. It is a connection, a relational connection you have with God. And, in fact, that word in there is exactly the same word Paul uses when he says in Christ. So Paul's phrase he uses is in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Okay? Over and over and again. That means a relationship with Christ. In Christ. That's what that means. It's not just a head thing. It's this consistent, constant relationship. All right, so... I can say Daryl is married. Um, I can say Dale is married to Marilyn. All right, but Dale marrying into Marilyn is this relational. I'm I'm not just married to her. I'm married into her, meaning I'm continuing in a relationship constantly. It's a continuing, it's that believing into. So it's this, this, this is what Jesus wants. He doesn't want just this, oh, I believe in you. He wants his belief into, he wants this constant, continuing relationship with you. Which is the problem with the older son. The older son is with the father this whole time. The son, the, the prodigal son's left, prodigal son comes back. The older son's always there. Physically. 
physically, but he's not there in relationship with his father. And that's, you know, that's like, that's the key thing here. That's why you keep seeing this. Hanging around waiting for his payoff. Exactly. (laughs) So, I go back to your question. People say, well, 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 I I do good things, and I'm not being evil. I'm not being wicked. (laughs) Whoopee. <laughs> That's a good Greek term right there. <laughs> That's a good summary for you. <laughs> because Jesus says, That's not what I want. God says, I want a relationship with you. I am the one who created you to be in this relationship. That is the core thing that keeps mattering over and over and over again. So then I got a question. Yes. To this point uh-huh. that I've run into. We got the same problem. You you do bad, let's just say bad. I do the same bad. What's the difference? You have the same problem. So if we're doing that, then we're saying, well, and you wouldn't say this, but well, that's because you're condemned and I'm not. I have a relationship with the Father. You don't. But we're committing the same type of sin or it's committing the same wrong. Uh huh. But they'll say, well, you have that problem too. So what's the difference? Uh-huh. Oh, so there's this equal, we're both good Samaritans, let's just say, without okay. all the context of who the good so Samaritan you're, is. Okay, all right. Yeah. Oh, you serve in a soup kitchen, I serve in a soup kitchen too. I don't have Jesus' faith, you do. But all in all, we're doing the same thing for humanity, and we're doing all these things that were that are technically good. In the uh-huh. same sense. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay, in all right. In the same sense. Okay. So... The question might be, so what's the difference? Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I'll, I'll pause. No. no. Well, answer, answer that. But yeah. answer that question based on what we just said. What is the difference? You now, answer that question. Now, it, then it's the relationship with the Father. Right. Is the difference. That's right. But there's more, there's more to unpack about that. Okay, so <laughs> if someone says, yeah. well, I have a relationship with, with God. And then you'd have to elaborate and expand on that. And you can even use John three sixteen through twenty one to kind of uh-huh. put that 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 whole gospel message, which I think is the complete gospel message that points to the Savior and Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm curious, would that be the answer, or would there be an, another way of saying it? So tell me, summarize that for me. What would be the answer? I have a relationship with the Father, whereas that person may not, or does not. And what's that answering? The difference? The difference. Between the two. The difference between the uh-huh. two. Uh-huh. Now, I'm, I'm thinking uh-huh. that's too simple in my brain, but it's not by the way you're explaining it, so I just wanted to make sure I was clear on that kind of... What do you guys thought? That's, that's why I wanted to put it up. Yeah, well, um, yeah, go ahead, Ken. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if this makes any sense, but I was thinking about what Chad was mm-hmm. about the parable, and I remember one thing about it, especially when they, when they talk about the sheep. Isn't the difference um, that he's saying, I was lo- you were lost, but now you are found? So in other words, the stray sheep that walk is the one I'm going to look for. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. The other ones are here. Mm-hmm. And with the parable with the sons, and I, I think this is saying the same thing. It's like you might have two people that are doing the same thing, 
But I think God may have a relationship with one person and maybe not with the other, and he's really concentrating on on finding the lost one. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Exactly. Yeah. Which is what is he seeking? He's seeking with every single human being. I desire <clears throat> all to be saved. Yeah. And what is saved? We just defined it. It's believing into the name in him. of Jesus. Believing into him. Him being Jesus. Yeah. So, so the difference is, well, first of all, gospel... The gospel. All right. So you said, you know, Jesus is you know, he's the Son of God. God gave His Son for you. But still, this guy is going to be going. And what? Okay. Cool. So those are words. What does that mean for me? Mm-hmm. Right. What do you got that I don't got? I see you doing the same bad stuff I'm doing. The same right. good stuff. Right. So the gospel. Mm-hmm. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Okay, now you can get into that. What does that mean? Okay, what does the word repent mean? To think about the way we're thinking, right? So, and the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Okay, so even though we're born into sin, even though I'm doing the same bad stuff you are, look at, what does this afford me that you're not being afforded? Okay. Right? What is this choice allow to have happen. And again, you go all the way back to Genesis. Mm-hmm. What happened when he when he kicked yeah. him out? He put, who did he put at the gate? The serpent. And, and who, what did he say you'd have to do? The only way that you're going to come back to me is to eat of tree of the tree of life. Which, by the way, is in the midst of the garden that you can't get in because the dude with the sword, the flaming sword, which is an analogy of Christ... Is there guarding it? So mm-hmm. the only way you're going to get to that is through that source. Once you've gotten there, now guess what? You're back with me, and now you have eternal life. Then you can get into that conversation with right. this fellow, and suddenly his mind's getting blown. Right. And oh, <laughs> I get it. And so you you say, look at that's yeah. why we're not here to judge. Yeah. Jesus didn't come to judge, and neither are we. So, I can't tell you you're a bad guy. It's not my job. Yeah, and I, I, excellent. And it's interesting, notice what he just said. The tree of life. Right? In fact, you'll notice that the tree of life is at the very beginning, and the tree of life is at the very end. Mm -hmm. Okay, in Revelation. Very end of Revelation. (laughs) The tree of, and he said this earlier, Jason did, life. What is it all about? People think they have life. Without Christ, there is no life. You there is only death. There is surely die-die, which is, remember, die-die, Hebrew, die-die, okay? It's twice. So, that, so that notice that life, that tree of life, is available to everybody today, right here, through how? Through Christ. By doing what? Relationship. By believing into him, you now have eternal life. That eternal life is the tree of life in the garden. So, as as we just said this, as you said the tree of life, my whole body just, the spirit just went through me like, unbelievable. I've been, I've just had goosebumps this whole time. Uh The tree of life, 
is Christ crucified. Yes, that's right. Yes. That's right. I am the truth and the life. And what? no one comes to the Why did he have to me. get put on the tree? Um, well, <laughs> the tree. It is a true belief. No. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. That's no. a good one. Right. Correct. And, that's, okay. and so he just made, this is what we have now. lost in Christianity so much. Mm. The now. Mm-hmm. Eternal, this eternal life does not mean a life yeah. in the future. It means everlasting life starting now, when you believe into and you have that continued life. And then you go, why do we as Christians continue to choose not that life when we have that life? We have no excuse. Well, and, and, and why is that? Because then you get in the conversation again. Who, who in fact are we? Right? We're, we're the sons of God. What are we being, what do we, what do we have to be prepared for here in this life? Like, what's the point? There is a point. Right? Eternal life. Well, no, eternal life, again, was okay, so let's, boom, shoot me in the head, let's go. What? Why are you here? Oh, to bring others in, I think you can go back to Genesis. Yeah, but but Genesis. again, if, and so what does that process do for you? Genesis is key, I mean, it's so key, because in the beginning, God created us to have a relationship with us, and have eternal life. Right. Eat from the, the tree of life. Right. And he wants that relationship. And and take care of stuff. You know, this is your garden. Take care of it for me. You and know? where is God? And, have that and where is God, everyone? Where is God in Genesis 1? He's and in two? the garden. He's in the garden. He's right yeah. there. So yes, with us. Why, why, why were we given flesh? Why were we created? We were spirit, right? We're created in flesh. God was in the garden as well. Right. He created this whole unique paradigm in the whole universe right here the greatest artist that ever was <laughs> yeah. but but that that's the the story that can build into a purpose yeah what's up Gavin? Hey, what's buddy? Up, buddy? how are you what's up, <laughs> what's up hey, so hey, hey i'm glad you're here oh i'm really glad you're here yeah. you're, you're just fine <laughs> thanks for coming Jesse. So this is helpful because I wanted to go deeper than what we were just saying. Yeah, yeah. Does that I, I have something that you don't. Did that okay, help? That's nice. Oh, of course. Yeah, we're all pack, unpacking it, and then you can layer that conversation down. Um, yeah. Then what does that mean? And then what does that mean? Oh, by the way, what does that mean? Yeah. And then, yeah. Then their mind's blown. And awesome. Like, yeah. Yeah. Suddenly they're intrigued. Yeah. I want to yeah. know more. Oh, well, it turns out there's a book. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, Gavin, I appreciate you being here, um, big time. The, the reason why, and, I, and, and the timing actually is, is awesome, because we are, this group of guys is going through the Gospel of John, and we are in John 3.16. You know, for God so loved the world, we gave it on Um And I sort of pushed Chad this morning a little bit, because he's giving me like a little snippet uh, before your story, and just and also, I think just a witness you're being to a bunch of the guys and people within our youth group and stuff. Um, and so, I thought it'd be given that what we're going through tonight, um, it would be really apropos, I guess, to hear your story um, because I think it's it's always good for us to hear. <laughs> and I'll have the other guys share too, but good good for us to hear each other's stories about coming to Christ. Um, so 
do you want to say anything at all or um sure yeah yeah i mean uh yeah it's been like a huge blessing is having gavin in youth group the last i don't know year or so um and one thing like we do from time to time in youth group is just have people share their testimony um and so gavin gave his testimony probably a couple months ago and it was just like a really powerful thing that had a, a big effect on me um because it's a story that, like, you very clearly see Jesus in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think everyone's testimony is, like, beautiful, but it's been cool just to see, I guess, like, very firsthand what Jesus has done in your life. Um, I obviously wasn't there, like, at the beginning of that story, like, when, but I've got to be your friend and walk alongside you, like, in all these things he's done. And it's been, like, really cool and been really strengthening to, like, my faith to see, like, not only someone like be reached by Jesus, but then Jesus just continue to like guide them and grow them. And it's, I think it's been a, like a thing that's drawn me closer to Jesus and a lot of other people closer mm-hmm. to Jesus. So yeah, I'm glad you're here guys. And thank yeah. you. Yeah. 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 And I uh, just, so just so you know, everybody, let's just go around. So Tom, Tom, Ken, Glenn, John, Greg, Bruce, Jason, Eric, Bill, and hey, Mike. <laughs> Dad, yeah. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse, and Dale. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, I mean, I would love no, however no, you no, want no. to. Yeah, he needs to go around and name it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to wait till afterwards. We'll see him how good a memory how how good a memory he has. Um, I mean, part of what we're talking about too is in John three sixteen is this idea of that if we not just are coming into a belief where we first have that encounter with Christ, but then we're continuing to continuing to believe in that and stuff. So anyway, I would just love to hear your story, however you want to share it. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's nothing like crazy I did, but I guess I'll just start at the beginning, just mm-hmm. growing up at a Christian school. Um, I was always really thankful for my dad for teaching at one. Cause it was just like, I kind of grew up, kindergarten through eighth grade with like a really good foundation just with God and people kind of like just really good teachers that kind of talk you through and like kind of have situations like this in like small classroom settings so it was always really nice just kind of growing up in that and then going into eighth grade kind of like high school starts it's kind of like you in that point where you kind of have the pressures on you to kind of change a little bit and I'd always I kind of took pride in the fact that I wasn't like all the other kids at the school. Like, my dad taught there. Like, my parents didn't spend a bunch of money to send me there. And it was kind of like, I my older brother um, was a huge influence on me. Just, he was at the high school already. He's five years older than me, and he played water polo. And he was just kind of like, he was really involved in party scene, you know, just the classic, you know, water polo, like, fun high school and he was like my mentor kind of coming in so he was like eighth grade I remember I started playing water polo and he you know I kind of just was the shadow of like everything he kind of was doing mm-hmm. and I was like okay, I saw this like I wore all of his clothes like I did everything and then freshman year started and I kind of just forgot about God like I just kind of it wasn't that I didn't believe in him anymore it was more that like growing up you know you had your time with the Bible, just going through it, like, every day from 9 to 10 or whatever, we'd kind of just go through it, and I'd, like, listen to it, and I've always been a really analytical thinker, but it was just kind of, like, 
after high school started, I we kind of there was that there was no pushing of my faith, you know, and it was just kind of like stagnated out because I was like focusing on everything else, like drinking every night and just kind of going in that party scene, just full force. And I was I came new to Laguna. My friend, we've always lived in the Audubon, but I came new, and no one like knew me, and I just kinda, I played water polo and like. I kind of was just this new person that, like, it was a really cool position, and I kind of just used it for my own benefit, and I kind of used everything as kind of like, okay, I'm going to do water polo so I could be popular, so I could have friends, so I get invited to parties, and I'll do this, and I just, like, really kind of lived that lifestyle throughout that year, and then after fresh, I came new, like, all of, during water polo and all this time, I was just kind of, like, stressing out a ton. And then sophomore year, I quit water polo because I was, I was over it. Like, it just wasn't for me, and I just started surfing a lot. And I was just super, super anxious at this time because I was, like, just it felt like I started everything so much later than everyone else. Like, I was just, like, super far behind. And I was just stressed out because I wanted to make the surf team, like, super bad. And I remember I was just, like, sitting in my room, and there was, like, this fly that was, like, flying around my head. <laughs> And it was, like, one of those big ones that are, like, super annoying and, like, won't be quiet. And then I was, like, what is it? Like, I was, it was just a night that I was super stressed. Like, because I could kind of get, like, we all can, just those spirals of thought where we just kind of dig deeper. And, like, oh, then if I don't make the surf team, like, I quit water polo. I lost my friends. Like, how am I going to keep my popularity? Like, how am I going to do this? Like, my life's over. And then I just was, like, stressing on this fly. was, like, buzzing around. And I, like, see it. I get it out of my room. And I was, like, okay. And I shut the door. And then, like, time goes by, and then I, like, hear it again. And I'm, like, still stressing out. It's just, like, adding, and I'm just, like, building up and building up. And it just keeps, like, flying around my head. And then, then I see it. Like, I see it leave the, my room, and I shut the door. And there's no way. And then all of a sudden, like, it's back, like, five minutes later. And, like, right when I look at it, I look on the floor, and my Bible is just right there, like, next to my bed. And I open it up, and I think it was, like, like fear, like, fry it. It was, like. Not Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Like, I don't remember the exact verse, but it was something like, "For I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord, "plans to prosper you and not to harm you, and for hope in a future." And I just read that, and I was like, "Like it just like everything just kind of like washed off." And after that, every single day during COVID, I just have read. I got like the Bible app on my phone, and it's just like a cool. I just showed my dad it actually like last week and it was just it's like they have a verse of the day on the bible app and i just every morning i've read that and i've watched there's like a video and i like go through that or i'll read like a devotion or i'll just read the whole passage like i'll just i read my the bottom line is like i read my bible every morning and every night since that moment from sophomore year to senior year and then i just like lived out how my faith just grew and my relationship just continued to grow because I continued to reach out and I just every single I haven't missed like maybe a few now and then like no service but I've just made it my number one priority and it's like the first thing I wake up and the last thing before bed and every single day when I first started and still today like it's exactly what I needed like something for some reason like like it just God has spoke to me so much through these verses in every single one of my day-to-day lives that it's, like, just gone to the point where it just feels like I have this, like, 
like upper hand, just having God guiding me through every single situation. And then like COVID hit and I was just, you know, continuing to just pursue God. And then it really all hit this past my senior year, um, this past year. I just kind of like my faith just really separated from how it was my whole life with like my parents pushing me to go to church or just teachers. And I just completely did it on my own. Like I didn't even tell my dad that I was going to refuge, like just, I was just kind of going, you know? And I noticed that I just, my perspective shifted from doing and going to places to be a good Christian versus going to places. Cause I knew that every time I'd go, I'd leave feeling just so fulfilled and it just, like, has switched so many different things. Like, I started going to Refuge every Monday this whole year. And, like, it started, like, after Sam left, like, everyone kind of had that worry that it was never, it was gone forever. Mm-hmm. And I just started going every Monday. And it was, at first, it was just, like, me, Chad, Avalon, Jet, and Jason, and Sarah. It was, just, it was like, it was, there were still people, but it just was so, like, it was rebuilding and, like, regrowing. And then throughout this year, just, like, everyone's gotten so close, and I've gotten so close to people I'd, like, never would have seen or, like, talked to or had conversations with. And it's just, like, been so cool to watch how just showing up to places can affect other people, which is, like, something you don't really think of. And I've just started talking too much. I'm just like, that's fine, that's fine, yeah. No saliva. But, um, yeah, I just noticed, like, how going and just helped so many people and just talking to people. And I just got super vocal about my faith, hmm. which was something I had never done. I was always like, Laguna's so small and I'm me and Nicole Brown are like the only Christians in our grade. Hmm. And like, she's like the girl, I'm like the only guy Christian. And like, it feels like Laguna except for like jet and you know, down. And it's like, I have a, a position of influence at Laguna. I'd say just from, I've lived my whole life just making sure to live, like, just the way Jesus would want you to live. And it's just been so interesting just seeing that, how that affects just people of Laguna Beach that have no influence with God. And it's just been crazy. The amount of just different things people have said to me where they're like, I just feel like for some reason you're just never stressed. Or like, like why aren't you ever stressed? Like, they're just, they ask me and they're like, it's just been things that I've never thought or that I was so, so worried about my whole life, about people knowing I was a Christian. Like, I hid it for a good three years. Like, someone asked me once, <coughs> sorry, someone asked me once, they're like, are you, like, are you a Christian? Like, I saw, like, whatever you're done. And I was like, no, like, I just go to church because my parents want me to. Like, I said those <laughs> words. And it was like, and it was just, like, so deep because, like, I read, I remember reading a verse the next day and it was those who deny me to your fellow neighbors. It's like, you will be denied at the gates of heaven. And it's just like things like that have happened every day when I just read, like dig deeper. And it's just like, I've just allowed God to guide through my life. And I've just seen how it just like flourished so much more. And I've just like been able to talk to so many people that I've never even like would think about God. And it's just like, it's just so cool to see how everyone gets, can get that little fulfillment. And like knowing that I could be the only like experience with the gospel that these people have ever had and could ever have. Mm-hmm. 
in the future. And it's like just the little things like making in my Instagram by like, you know, your Instagram profile, you have like something about you. Right. And I remember changing mine at the beginning of the year to just God has a plan for you. And it was just like, it, it doesn't sound like that. It's like, it's much, but like seeing that <clears throat> on like your Instagram, it's like what my generation just always going through. Mm-hmm. And just like, I, it's been cool. Cause it's like, I thought everyone was going to turn away from me after just coming open with my faith. And it just like was the opposite. Mm-hmm. Like I just found everyone getting like drawn in more. And it was just like, it just made me realize how all everyone just like living such a dark, like everyone has these anxious thoughts. Everyone's like dealing with it. And I have this thing that I know that I've learned that God, like God's helped me through so much. And I just like, I've been wanting to share that. So I've just done little things along the way. Like there's been too many this past year, there's too many things to even like mention of moments where I just <coughs> step out and talk to people about God and just like, crazy things happening where they're just like I was just thinking about God like I grew up like I have one example like like a month ago or two months ago another thing I did is I like completely I just switched my life and like started living so differently for my friend group because this whole time I'm still in that party friend group Mm -hmm. which is something that's so powerful in a way where it's like I'm going to the same things as them but I'm not drinking or I'm not like doing this, or I'm giving people rides home. And it's like, it's just crazy because I've had so many talks to people about God when they're drunk. And it's like, <laughs> it's just like, it's just interesting. I like, and they'll go on full, like, deep talks about it. They're like, I used to go to church. Like, the, it's just been crazy. Mm. And I've just like, I remember two months ago, I was, there was this girl that I was kind of flirty with, and she was like, come on, let's go to this party. Um, it's in Newport. Like, let's just go, let's go, like, and I was like, no, I promised my neighbor that I'd give her a ride home, that I'd drive her car home, and she was like, it's fine, just, like, be selfish, have fun, and her friend was like, the person I was gonna drive home was like, it's fine, just, like, you wanna go, like, go have fun, like, I'll figure it out, and I was like, no, I told you I'd do this, and I feel, I can't explain it right now, but I feel like it's the right thing to do, so I'm gonna do it, and as we're driving home, she was like, it's fine, you could have just gone, I was like, no, like, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a Christian, and, like, I just have noticed in my life that when I do what I think God wants me to do, my life just prospers, and it's just the better thing to do. And she goes, like, she's like, well, that's so interesting. She's like, actually, like, this past week I've been really stressed out because my, I have two divorced parents, and one of them just became Mormon, and the other one just became Catholic. And they've been inviting me to church, and I've been super torn at who to choose because I want. I've read the Bible before, and they showed me it, and it seemed like it was, you know, impacting me. And I want to just explore it, but I don't know which religion to choose. And I was like, it's not about the religion; like, it's about your relationship with God and just Mm -hmm. you deciding to put that first, Mm -hmm. and then everything else will just fall into place. I was like, just all you have to do is just read your Bible, just open it up, and I promise you. And she was like. Oh, thank you so much. And it was just so cool to witness because it was like, at the start, before any of that happened, I just told her, like, I feel like God's going to use this for good. Hmm. And, like, as the conversation unfolded, you saw him working, like, like just fulfilling what I had thought was going to happen. Just living the way I knew God wanted me to do and just following what he's kind of just shown. And it's just been so cool because, like, so many of those little things have happened. 
and it just got me to the point where I just, I always tell people like, you just have to make that first step and God will do like everything else. But like, if you just sit back there and you don't make that first change, you can't expect anything to happen. Like you have to do the first step. You have to make that movement. You have to make the decision to speak and mm-hmm. talk to them mm-hmm. and God will just, you know, take control of everything else. So, wow. <laughs> awesome. I mean, that's, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's interesting to listen to you because it sounds like you've, we've been talking about life here, but it sounds like you've, you've made that your lifestyle now. That's mm-hmm. your relationship with God. It's not just something for you, but it's your lifestyle of how you're interacting with everyone yeah. that's around you. You know, and there's still like, obviously it's not like I'm doing it. Like everyone's working towards oh, that we're all, yeah, we're all you know, yeah. we're all flawed. It's, right. But it's like, I just love... Like, it just got me so hooked to the point that I know there's so, like, it's not like it just stops. It's mm-hmm. like, as long as I'm putting in the effort and getting close to God, it's like, he's going to keep on being there. He's not going to just yeah. not provide, you know? And it's just mm-hmm. been really cool. And then this next year, I'm going to go to Point Loma, which I never thought I'd go to a mm-hmm. Christian college. And I remember just doing all my college applications, just like praying and just like, just being like, whatever I say, like, just guide me there and, you know, and I was so, when it first happened, like, I didn't get into, like, I just prayed, I remember when I submitted all my applications, and I was, like, super overconfident I was going to get into all my schools, I remember, <laughs> and then the, they all come back, and the only school I got into was Point Loma, and I was just kind of, like, I was still iffy about it, and I was, like, I'm probably just going to go to community, and then just, like, so many different doors opened up, and one, I'll share one last thing, sorry. Mm-hmm. No, um, that's, that's great. <laughs> I got, from this high school, I got a bunch of these scholar. I wrote so many scholarship essays, <laughs> and um, I remember just praying about it, and just being like, God, can you just provide, for my, like, if I need this, then give it to me if I don't need it, and someone else needs it more, hmm. give it, you know, like, I just was, I've been looking in that perspective, and I remember I got these scholarships from the high school, and Point Loma wasn't going to accept more than, like, or I had a need-based grant, and they were going to take mm. it away um, because of the amount of scholarships I got. So they were going to take away this big grant oh. that basically just kind of, like, made all those... Because it was just this great night where everyone was just so, like, my family was just so happy that we got these scholarships. And then Point Loma was like, well, we're actually going to take those. You know, it just it made it oh, so it just was, like, pretty much baseline zero. Huh. Wow. And we, I was just struggling with it so much, and I was like... We'd already, I'd already been committed. Like I was already ready to go there. I had my roommate and I just, we were thinking about it for so long. And then, um, I remember just praying, like before I got to my lifeguard tower, I was just sitting in there all day, just praying for a sign. Cause I was like, I'm kind of like a, this or that person. So I was like, give me like, God, can you please give me a sign? Hmm. And if I should go to Point Loma or if I shouldn't go to Point Loma, just like I need it. Cause I was feeling so guilty with the price and everything. Hmm. And then that day I get home and my dad's like, hey, I have like great news. I was talking to the missions guy and they're not only going to change your situation, but they're switching the entire um, requirements so that any school, they cannot take any need-based grants away from any scholarships for the uh-huh. whole school, for wow. all the students. And I was just like, wow. so like just full of joy because I was just like, wow. not only is that like the sign that this is where God wants me to be and it just like made it so much, e- like, made me so excited to go, because I was so worried that I was be- making an impulsive decision, and it was too expensive, and I should just be waiting, and I should be patient, mm-hmm. 
and it was just that like that feeling like it's like all the weight just lifted off where I could enjoy the school and just go there and like just knowing that I could help like all the other kids yeah. and the high school's also changing so I was talking to Lynn Gregory mm-hmm. at Little yeah. Church and yeah. she was she said that she's gonna make sure that it changes at the high school too so that not only for Point Loma but all the schools they figure out a way where they could put it in so it's like you're not taking away these grants yeah. because you earn these scholarships. So wow. it's been things great. like that that have just that is so wow. great. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. Even Little Church by the Sea gave them a scholarship. Yeah. 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 Actually, Patty is now going to be working with Lynn Gregory. That's <laughs> Really? Yeah. He's helping with all these scholarship things. So, yeah, Patty just got a job there, dude. I was on the scholarship committee at the high school. I taught oh, really? for 30 years. I taught oh, ceramics there for... Oh, really? Yeah, I, I remember seeing you. I was in AP ceramics with Selway. Yeah, Selway's great. That was another thing. I was in, like, I remember she's just been struggling a lot with... In the beginning. In life, and I started... One day I went to class, and I just... I just was like, have you ever, like, read the Bible? And I just, like... Good. This is the verse of the day. And she was like, yeah, I used to... I grew up Christian. <laughs> and she was like... She's read it, like, every day since. That's fantastic. So that was really cool to see. By the way, Point Love is a great school. Oh, thank you. It's yeah, a I'm great excited. school. And it's, it's oh, you're going to love it. Yeah. What is Point Love? Yeah, where is it? It's in San Diego. Oh, it's San Diego. It's great location. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's small. Bible-based. Bible-based. Yeah. Makes sense. Do you, um, do you, Gavin, when you, so, you know, when you, just for seeing the state of sort of the kids up there, like in the high school, and the kids you're talking to, and you're saying you see so much of their struggles and everything. When you start talking to them about your faith, what's the response you usually get? I mean, is there anything consistent in that? I mean, are you just, do you see a receptivity? Yeah. Do you see, I mean, I'm sure everyone's individual, but I'm wondering if you just, what's your sense of that yeah. when you actually share your faith and how people respond to that? It's like usually always really closed off at first mm-hmm. like very like doubting and just asking those like big questions that are hard to answer sometimes which I I, I enjoy those questions but like mm-hmm. it just I after the conversation keeps going I keep talking people will just like like well I've never heard of it that way before or I've just I've never seen it like and it just like it opens I like they'll be like okay like, of all the religions, like, I guess Christianity, like, does make the most sense, but, like, still, I wouldn't, and it's just, like, been things, I remember we were, um, we were reading this book, this is, sorry, another thing, mm-hmm. we were reading this book in my AP lang- language class, and it was, we were kind of randomly assigned these books in groups, and I remember I really wanted this other one, and I got this one, it's called The Short History of Nearly Everything, so it's basically a descript, <laughs> a description of how the planet was created and how everything was started and like from the beginning of time to today mm-hmm. from a scientific just the plain the scientific facts and the discoveries and who discovered them and it's just like it's this thick book mm-hmm. and I read I read it all in this group and the whole time that we were doing these class discussions like everyone was like we, we would come up and we, everyone would come and sit like this and talk about the book and everyone would just be talking, and, like, everyone everyone at first was super excited about the book. They are like, wow, that's so interesting. And I was, like, so, at first I was kind of worried about the book. I was like, oh, I don't want to sit here for, like, two months while we talk about this book, about, you know, everyone's going on these big, you know, long things about evolution, and I'm just kind of like, you know. But I just kind of sat, and I was like, I feel like God's going to use this some way. 
So as I was reading it, it's so interesting because you open the book and it's like, it's like at the start of whatever creation, there was like nothing and it was just black. And then the earth was created like that from they like, it was so small. And they said that the earth just expanded and became like the size it is today. And like, their thought was like like nine minutes, like just that thought that the earth, like there's nothing, and the earth is created, and it goes. And at first, it was all just water, like only water covered the earth, and then land started forming, and then like ocean created. And I was just reading it, and I was like, open on read Genesis, and it was the exact same thing. And I remember I like told that was the first week, and I remember telling everyone I was like, just started off, and I was like, yeah, I just I've like loved this so far because I was like. I grew up Christian, and I just read how the Bible explains the earth to be created 2,000 years ago with no scientific discovery. These men that you guys think just made it up and little whatever. And it's the exact same that these scientific discoveries have pointed out thousands of years later that everyone just believes in. But, like, for some reason, the thought of it just ex- appearing is so, just, like, so much more believable than, like, the Bible. And, like, people would listen, they'd be like, and just, like, as it went on, like, I just learned so much about scientific discoveries that just continue to grow my faith like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And just, like, the way that they're continuing every single time that they think they found the, you know, right fossil of a monkey that made that transition or the organism that made that transition, like, they find a human fossil, like, that was there before mm-hmm. in some random place. And it's just, like, all of these different signs are just, like, that was another book that just strengthened my faith, which was so interesting. Because I remember I was t- talking to you about it. Yeah. I went to Forest Home that I was so surprised. And I thought it was going to be the opposite. And it's just funny because I've literally, still to this day, I've talked about that book. Mm-hmm. Like to the lifeguards that are like relieving me that are like, like just like random conversations will get in this thing. And they'll just like think about it. They're like, that's interesting. And like basically at the end of the book, it's like the bottom line is that the scientific discoveries that we hold so much faith in like are all theories. And, like, when you see the discoveries and you see these, like, what they're basing so such a giant thing on one little thing, and even then it's like, okay, but how did that organism first get there? And it's just, like, everyone ended the book. We I remember we closed and, like, we talked about it. Everyone was like, I'm so discontent. And everyone was saying that. They are like, I thought I was going to know everything. Like, they are like, I am having an existential crisis. Everyone said that. <laughs> and I was like... Oh, I'm not. Like, like, I, like, I love that book. Like, it just proved everything I've ever uh, believed wow. in. Wow. And I remember at first, like, it's so hard to talk into a room of this many people that all are such strong atheists. Right. Yeah. And like, you're talking to them, and they're like, mm-hmm. everyone will build off of each other, and it's just like this thing, and they'll like, think they're right, but it's just that end where they're like, like, I still feel so discontent. But and it just, it was just one of those, another thing like that that was just like, cool experience at the high school. Wow. That was fun. Wow. That's, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. You were meant to be there. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Well, how can we pray for you? What are some ways all these, all of us can pray for you? you? Definitely just for going to college. I leave next Friday. Okay. Um, just to find a way. I know that, like, if I keep pursuing, like, I just want to find a way that I could use this similar like influence that I've had of being someone that can relate to everybody that's been there and has lived the life that they've all lived and, you know, found, chose another way that's fulfilling and I could still 
be around them, but just not indulge. And I could help like just mm. a way that I could still contact that life or just continue to help, you know, yeah. the people and just, just for my overall, I'm worried that I, I don't want it to turn into another, like when I was at my old private school where it was like cool to not, you know, go to chapel or whatever, you know, like to be mm. the person that's not involved. Cause there's so many people that are so into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just for me to like, for God to continue to open doors to unique opportunities. And, um, also that me and my dad get Mount Whitney passes. So that we can go this, <laughs> right. this weekend. Yeah, that is pretty important. We're really yeah, having your prayers. Cause it's really a long shot. Oh, really? Are you trying to go like, uh, now? I mean, the next... the, well, this weekend, this Saturday, Sunday, I okay. have, are my two days off. Okay. Of lifeguarding, and then I just leave like the day after I'm done guarding. Mm-hmm. So it's like the two days that we're trying to do Whitney. And it's a plug for my book. I finished my book. <laughs> nice. It's called Wrestling Whitney. I just published oh. it on Amazon. If you oh, like, cool. Yeah, it's, only, it's only seven bucks, and it is about a, a novel about a father taking his two sons to Whitney wow. to celebrate his son's 18th birthday. And so I was really excited that Gavin wanted to go because he's 18. Yeah. So it's almost like this self-fulfilling prophe- prophecy about a book that I wrote that we want to, you know, do. So open and pray. Okay. Are you going to go up Summit? Are you going, are you doing, are you going east to west or are you going to up? Summit? Just from um, Whitney Portal. Oh, okay. Just Those passes are hard. Yeah. They're very hard. They're hard to get. The old, huh. People try to do it in a day, which you can kind of do. It's 11 hours. miles one way. Hours. So it's 22 miles. It's just, it's <laughs> miserable. <laughs> so I'm hoping to get a, a permit so we can go at Trail Camp, which is about nine miles up. Saturday and then summit and come Okay, down. well, there was a very specific prayer for us to pray for. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, why don't we just pray for Gavin? Um, I'll just let you guys, anybody who wants to pray, I'll close. But just um, thank you. Yeah. It really means a lot for you to come here tonight. Yeah. I mean, this with this group of guys, we're all, in a sense, all learning to to try to live and redo what you're talking about, just sharing our faith. And sharing Christ and being bold in doing that. So, yeah, thank you. All right, let's pray. Anybody just go ahead. Lord, can you uh, be with Gavin in uh, in everything that he's doing and and build into him the gifts that he clearly has uh, in a deeper way as he embarks into a larger more expansive world and uh, embraces the leadership qualities uh, and the light that you have put within him Mm. that the people that he encounters would come to that light and that the words that he uses are infused with your power. Thank you, Lord. Tell me, Father, we're just so grateful for uh, Gavin to be able to come here tonight and and share his testimony, share his stories. Lord, there's a lot of seeds that he's planted. And uh, I just pray for each and every one of them to blossom. May someone else come alongside them, Lord, in Gavin's absence to, uh, to bring them to uh, full knowledge of, of your son, Jesus, Lord. And, uh, we lift this time up to you that, uh, that he spent here, Lord. I know he's impacted me. Uh, I just love his story. This is a fantastic story. I pray that uh, his uh, his journey is just beginning, and that he'll uh, continue to impact uh, countless others, Lord. 
Uh, we love you and thank you for all you provide. Yes. Father, I thank you for um, the impact Gavin's made in, at Laguna Beach High School and for Chad and all of his mentorship and, and the group and the way you just continue to bless the, the youth group and the youth ministry here, Lord, and being a Christian in a, in a world that's is not as few, God, but as he goes to Point Loma, Lord, my prayer is that you would bless him with with Christian friends, God, um, people that do have a character that have walked. Um, and I think of the saying, Lord, that we become like our top five friends, Lord, and to choose them wisely, Lord. And so I pray for wisdom as he sees different friends that he connects with, God, that he'd make lifelong friends um, with friends that they can continue to build each other up, Lord, as Christians. Um, and thank you for the way you opened up Point Loma, God, through scholarships, through the school, and all the things. I'm just so blessed to hear my son's testimony, God, and nothing brings me more joy, Father, than to see my children walking in you, God. There is no greater joy, um, no accomplishment or career path or mm. spouse that they marry, Lord, that nothing mm -hmm. can surpass um, someone's child coming and following you, following yeah. your yeah. ways, God, because then I know that everything will be in your will, Lord. So I just praise you for doing that, for, for Gavin, God. I'm so grateful. Lord. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, dear God, thank you so much for having Gavin come tonight and share his story. Thank you for making him an incredible witness. Please strengthen his witnessing power, especially in the group he's in now. Please strengthen his power to bring more to Christ. Please bless him at Point Loma so he engages in good studies with Christians. And please watch over him and his father if they make their attempt to summit with all the thunderstorms fires and rains. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, I just thank you for everything you've done uh, through Gavin and in turn through many other people. And I, I thank you for the impact what you've done through Gavin has had on my life and the life of this youth group and the life of this church we're at. And we just pray that uh, as Gavin goes off to college that uh, it would just be such a time of blessing, time of um, closeness to you and that would just be an overall theme of his entire time at college of just closeness and strengthening to you uh, through any means that you choose Lord um, through different opportunities to witness and different things he'll hear and different friends he'll meet we pray that we would all just culminate in just being even closer to you yes. and we also just pray that uh, Gavin and Jesse would just be able to get this permit to go to Mount yes. Whitney that Yes. They'd have just this time of blessing and that you would do a work through that and uh, show yourself to them um, in uh, even new ways as they um, have this opportunity to, to go there. Yes. God, I ask just to be with all these men here tonight and just remind them how they're living in a different way than the people around them, from co-workers to family members and just... Give them that encouragement that they're so capable to help those around them and just give them that confidence to make that first step. And just knowing that they showed up here tonight and they have that desire to get closer to you 
and that you're inside them and that you will empower them to just continue to help those around us and just bring people closer to you. Lord, I thank you that you gave heaven a very special gift and that was giving him the freedom to separate from the peer pressure and the ways of the world and the prison that that represents and that with his courage he received your gift and with that gift he was able to find a life with you and a life of freedom from the peer pressure and the ways of the world and that took a lot of courage and we just thank you Lord that you gave him ears to hear and a good mind to to see the proper path. What a wonderful gift, Lord. Thank you for that. Father, we consecrate all these things to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Right, well, why don't we all just end by saying the Lord's Prayer together? Um, we're all followers of Christ, and He says, Pray. It's interesting because in Luke, I don't know if you guys know this, but I mean, obviously the Lord's Prayer is two places Luke and Matthew. One place it says, pray like this, Jesus says, and the other place it says, pray this. <laughs> so you do, we do both. Um, but let's do that. Let's pray this. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, Father, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.